This is your podcast for all things refinishing. I'm Lane Ball with Zebras Before and After. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 21. Lauren Schwatina with Portland Rose Studio discusses her transition from closing down her retail shop to focusing on home design, and we discuss some of the differences of furniture design versus home design. Jess with Oak and Grain Refinishing shares an innovative and simple tip on opening and closing drawers after removing the hardware. Amanda with Easy on the Eyes Custom Furniture and Misha with Misha Mockham will share what's happening in their studios this week. Stay with us. We have the inspiration, fun, and community that will platform your day. I think everyone would agree that to refinish furniture is to create style. And if you can create style with a piece of furniture, you likely can create style in a home with home design. Well, today we're shifting our focus ever so slightly from furniture refinishing to home refinishing. We have the privilege of speaking with an individual who I am sure most of you know. She uh, refinished furniture for a number of years, is a judge for the Zebra International Golden Brush Awards, a judge for our monthly contest, the Zebra Review. She also has her own very cool decor shop on her home property and is now shifting her focus to a concentrated effort in refinishing rooms in her home. Welcome back, Lauren Schwatina with Portland Rose Studio. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. And you know what? I just realized that I really didn't mention all your incredible accomplishments, like being the mother of three small boys. <laughs> <laughs> yes, who I have a break from right now. So thank you so much. <laughs> oh, yeah. Happy to accommodate. <laughs> and you also do something with makeup. Now, what is I that? Do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> that was, you know what? That was something that I kind of took a chance on at the beginning of COVID just because, you know, I had to shut down my studio and um, I had been using Saint Makeup for quite a while and decided, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to try to share this with other people. And it's, it's been different. It's been creative in a different way for me, but it's also been a real blessing in disguise. I think you're doing pretty well. I am. <laughs> I, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I, yeah, but I, I, you know, anything that I do, I want to make sure that I'm kind of doing it all the way. So, um, yeah, I, I really dove in and it's been going really well. And it's still going strong. I assume. Yeah. Wow, that's great. That is just excellent. I'm not surprised what you just said about anything you do, you do it full throttle and uh, <laughs> certainly evident. And so that's cool to, to see and hear. And we, of course, get those updates on your stories. Lauren, you have to give us some background. So tell us when you started refinishing furniture and then also when you decided to start your own shop. Sure. So we closed on our first house three days after my first son was born. So that was eight years ago now. He just turned eight a few weeks ago. And I found myself at home with a new baby and a new house. And I was in a new city and didn't really know anybody. And so I started refinishing furniture kind of out of necessity, but also as just kind of a therapeutic release, um, being at home with a newborn and having, you know, this big old house to fill. Um, and so that's when I really kind of fell in love with the process and decided to try to turn it into, you know, a little bit more than a hobby. And so I started refinishing furniture for other people. And for a while I had a booth at a local um, store and eventually just kind of realized, you know, we have this space here at the house um, and it's literally just attached to our garage. We have this big um, workshop and I thought, you know what? 
it'd be a lot easier <laughs> if I could have people come to me because, you know, trying to shuttle furniture back and forth with kids and just life got to be tricky. So I opened up a studio here at our house and um, for a while was doing kind of, I don't know, you know, two to three sales every season. And so I had my furniture. I had a lot of antiques. Um, I had new home decor. Um, so that has been four years now that I have been doing that. COVID really kind of mm-hmm. put a damper on some things and has kind of caused this transition that I think we're going to talk about. <laughs> of course, you know, and I'll mention this uh, at the at the end, but we had a podcast with you. It's been a good while, but yeah. part of the podcast discussion was about your shop. Mm-hmm. You were a featured artist, monthly featured artist. And so we got to talk about that. And so that was a good while back. So, you know, obviously things change and our lives change. And so we saw that you had mentioned a few weeks back in your stories that you were in transition and mm-hmm. you're actually closing up your shop. You said this has been the hardest decision ever. Yeah. So tell yep. us why you're closing. And I can assume, I mean, that makes sense that this would be an incredibly difficult decision. So that, that all is logical, but, but do tell us why you are closing. Yeah. It, it's been a long time coming because it's been very emotional for me to actually put it out there, you know, cause I think that makes it official. It makes it final. Um, well, when everything shut down at the beginning of COVID, obviously I, um, shut the studio down, um, for the first, I don't know, probably six months. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a small space. Uh, obviously I just wasn't comfortable having people in there. And I started to try to get creative um, after that about how how many people I would let in at a time. And, you know, I was doing like time slots and things like that and by appointment. But I think what started to happen is that I just sort of lost that momentum mm-hmm. and it just became harder and harder personally for me to get it going again. Um, I think you know, my customers are still there. I I know that I, if I went all in again, they would still be there waiting. Mm -hmm. But I, once I took that step back, I think I realized how much time and energy I was really putting into it. Like we were just talking about, if I do something, I have to do it all the way. And, you know, I wasn't always necessarily like financially getting that return back. It was very personally fulfilling because it really truly is a passion of mine. Um, but maybe not the smartest idea <laughs> for my family. And then I think what really ended up being sort of the final nail in the coffin is just the way the economy has been and how, um, you know, I get a lot of my new home decor is wholesale. Well, those prices have really skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. And I I just personally can't justify raising my prices being that I operate out of a garage. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm just not comfortable doing that to my customers as well. And so the farther I, I took that step back to reflect, I just realized, you know what? I I still love this. It is still my passion. But I think that right now is just, it's just not the time. And I realize what really brings me joy is kind of the thrill of the hunt. It's the creative part of it. And 
I have a whole house I can do that in, <laughs> you know, where yeah. I'm not like buying a ton of stuff with the hopes that it'll sell or, you know, just kind of that whole like stress and tension that goes along with owning a shop. Yeah. So you you said, you know, when COVID hit, that started changing things. Let, let's, it's probably not good to make assumptions here, but it, let's assume that COVID hadn't, had never had happened. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like, I mean, do you think you still would be doing the shop and still be just as excited as you were before? Probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, because I think, you know, like we, we had mentioned that I kind of started doing the makeup thing and um, the financially that's been really wonderful for me. But I don't think I would have done that necessarily had I not been sort of forced Mm -hmm. to come up with a plan B, you know? So I think I probably would have, would have kept chugging and and probably would have been fine with it. Although it has become harder to, with, with having the three kids, my (laughs) soon to be three-year-old is definitely turning (laughs) into a three-nager and he, he requires a lot of attention. So just, you know, getting out and you know, going picking or working on furniture is, has become a lot more difficult with, with him. But, um, yeah, I probably would still be doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that funny how things, you know, really affect us and how it really changes the course of what we do and we're creatures of survival, Mm -hmm. right? So you did what you had to do at the time as so many others have done. Um, yeah, I'm just curious. So when you were in this transition, especially during COVID Mm -hmm. and you had to shut down, which makes total sense as far as people coming in and out, did you ever think about, uh, or did you do any shipping? Okay. So (laughs) that's what everybody told me to do. And you know what? I probably should have. I'm the worst at shipping. It it just it makes me nervous. I don't know. So no, I didn't. And I know that's how so many people did survive through you know the past few years. And honestly, now that I'm shutting down, I still have a, a completely full studio, and I have a very large garage full of stuff. So if it comes down to it, and I'm going to need to start getting you know rid of so much stuff. I may bite the bullet and learn how to do things. But I don't, the post office, it just, it's all very overwhelming to me. Yeah. No, it is. You know, and that's the important thing that you're doing what, uh, or that you did what you needed to do at that time and adding shipping yeah. into it would have been a stress for you that you probably didn't need. Yeah. However, like you said, that's an option for you in the future. It does. It's interesting about yeah. shipping because, and there are systems and methods out there to make it easier. But if you don't, if you're not in the middle of it, I think you stop and think, oh my gosh. So somebody, out west wants to buy something I have and I have to ship it to them. Well, how do I do that? You know, how does that yeah. work and the cost and making right. sure you pack it right. up so that it doesn't get broken. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you got to have your boxes and your packaging. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think part of it for me too, and this may be selfish, is that I worked so hard to create, like curate an experience sort of, you know, in the studio. And so at the time, like shipping things off piecemeal, like just felt very, I don't know, anticlimactic or something. You know, I want people to walk in and see how things work together and how, you know, and so I think that was kind of part of it too. Like a little bit of my pride (laughs) was involved. (laughs) Well, speaking of your studio, um, obviously I've never been there, but we've talked about it in the past and I've seen pictures as you posted them. That, That is a really cool shop. Now, when you and your husband's decided, hey, we're gonna do this, like, did you have to put a lot of work into remodeling it or was that pretty simplistic? We 
well, we put up like faux shiplap in there and um, had to do, I did a lot of painting and I hung up lights. So luckily the structure was pretty much um, good to go. Um, we built a faux movable wall that because the the opening to our garage is uh, i mean it's a huge opening between the workshop and the garage mm-hmm. so we built this movable walls that when you know the studio was active that, that we would close up that space and then when i wasn't using the studio that would be my staging wall for furniture so it's kind of this dual purpose thing so we definitely had to get a little bit creative in how we mm-hmm. set everything up well that sounds pretty cool that's uh, that's ingenious. That's that's cool. Now, <clears throat> so you still have a lot of stuff in there right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so you have plans in the future to open it up at specified times, I guess, to have a sale. Yeah. Yes, and I don't, <laughs> I don't know when that'll be yet. Um, hopefully, early fall, late summer. Um, we need to get in the garage and really kind of weed through some of the true junk, you know, (laughs) the things that I, you know, had the best intentions to make work and just won't, or just, you know, get through all that stuff and then kind of, um, start getting rid of some of the project pieces and try to do kind of like a combined rummage and, studio clearance sale but it's going to take a lot of work and my husband um, works out of town most of the time and i definitely need him (laughs) for that (laughs) process so we're kind of winging it right now not sure when that'll all happen but hopefully soon yeah Uh, it's like like we've said i mean uh it'll it'll happen when it needs to happen so you don't have to get stressed out about it i mean that's the important thing that you um that you can let it sort of flow as it goes. Now, right. when you had this shop, or well, even really till today, and you've or to today, you've got family members, friends that come over, and they happen to peruse the shop, and they're like, oh, you know, this is really mm-hmm. cute. Are you like, okay, yeah, that's going to cost you, or did you find yourself <laughs> saying, oh, just take it, just take it? Oh, you know, it's a there's, yeah, <laughs> there's a there's a little of both of that going on. I have. I had some faux peonies in there that have been kind of a hot seller. And when I posted that the shop was closing, um, one of my uh, good customers, she's like, can I take the peonies? And I, you know, I told her I would put them outside for her. And then I put them in this big like pot. And I was like, take the pot. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I guess I'm, I might be giving away some things just, yeah. just to get it gone. Yeah. But, so you, yeah. you've probably gotten everything out of there that you want for yourself in the house. Oh, not yet, but, I'll, I'll be shopping. Yeah. You'll, you'll be tagging <laughs> shopping things, him, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Put, yeah. Put them in layaway. Is that even a thing anymore? Does anybody have lay? I don't know. Layaway? That used to be so popular when I was growing up. My mom would say, uh, do you yeah. have layaway here? We're going to put this in layaway. <laughs> right. I can't, man. I, yeah, I can't think of the last time I've seen it. I think everything is so like pay as you go right, now. Right. And, you know, yeah. that's the new hot option. Well, credit cards and all of those wonderful yeah. things. Yeah. So, you know, when the shop was running and everything was going well, and so, you know, you think back on that, like, what was mm-hmm. the hardest part of having it? Um, I think maybe kind of finding the line between what I really like and was passionate about and what was actually going to sell. Because I'm not great at business, to be totally honest, because... 
my passion is with creating and designing and curating. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, sometimes it would be hard to see that I, I was really excited about something and that thing wouldn't sell, you know, Mm -hmm. and so then you're kind of stuck with it and then you have to think about how to maybe stage it a different way or, you know, how to get other people excited about what you're excited about. And it can feel, it can feel personal. It can feel kind of like a rejection. Like, well, I really thought it was cool. (laughs) (laughs) I think that was probably the hardest. Did you find a lot of, um, how common was that, that you found things and you're like, oh, this is going to be a big hit. And it just didn't move the way you thought it was going to move. Not super common. Um, But I think like sometimes with wholesale, you know, you have to get a certain amount of things. And uh, sometimes I think, okay, if I, maybe if I didn't put out all of the things that I had, it would make it a little bit more urgent or make it seem a little bit more cool. I don't know. Like with my last kind of um, designing of the studio, I kind of sprinkled in a lot of like home goods. So like fancy soaps or like little walnut scrubbers and, you know, like more just like little, you know, unique things that you would use around the house. And those really didn't sell. Mm. Now, mind you, I also didn't really have many people in there. I didn't have like a big sale like I normally do, but that ended up being kind of a bust. And that was something I was just sort of excited about to offer. But yeah, well, you know, you win some, you lose some. Yeah. And there's so much psychology in retail in that. Yeah. Definitely. And I majored in psychology, I so thinking. I should know better. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Well, I, would, yeah. I think you sell yourself short because that's the reason why I asked that question earlier, because I would assume that most of the things that you purchased, people gravitated to and liked. I assumed it was probably rare that you found something that you were really drawn to yourself and that others were not, because that's part of what the gift is. I think when you are a decor person, you know, you, you just kind of, you can kind of almost set the trends in many ways, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, will you still be refinishing pieces? So, I think I will be doing more of that when things are all cleaned out. I think that this is actually, in a lot of ways, going to be a blessing in disguise. You know, I think back to how I started, where it was one piece at a time, and the world felt simpler then. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think when I was trying to run in all these different directions, I'm trying to, you know, go out picking for antiques. I'm trying to, like I said, curate these collections. I'm trying to refinish furniture. I'm, you can't, you don't get to enjoy process as much. And so, um, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, I thought so too. I mean, it's, I think it's mm-hmm. in your blood, and especially when you're doing decor stuff, you know, and that's sort of your bent. Uh, I imagine that's going to be something that we'll see as we move along here in your future. Well, we got to talk about your home. You've already been refinishing rooms. Uh, didn't you do something last year that you took down a wall or you put up a wall <laughs> or something? It was a laundry yeah. room, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. So let me tell you about how slow <laughs> things happen here. And and this, you know, like I said, I think there there are a lot of silver linings, I think, with the slowing down of COVID and the being at home. Um, it, it really kind of led me to start evaluating how our home 
functions. You know, we were here, we were here that whole time. And we, so my house is, our house is like an 1800s home. Um, it's an old house and we have the grossest cellar basement. It's, it's cold. It's damp. There are bugs, there are mice, like it's just nasty. And our laundry was down there. And I got this, you know, thought one day as I'm standing in our kitchen. So our kitchen at that time had this big eat in dining area. So that was our dining room at the time. And I realized that our washer and dryer were directly below this dining area. And I thought, you know what? man, would I love to have that laundry (laughs) upstairs. Like how hard would it be if we just lifted it up and built a wall here to separate it, to make it kind of like a mudroom, you know, um, laundry room area, which would meant, you know, meant obviously losing the, the dining area. So thought on it a little bit, got a guy out to make sure we could actually do it. And it's been about a year and a half since the wall was built, but it was just like this plain, you know, just drywall, whatever wall. So last week, (laughs) last week, we finally finished this wall. So I didn't know what I wanted to do with it. I thought about doing like shiplap, but you know, I'm like, it's, it's been done a lot. I I just kind of want to maybe do something different. So we actually did like a faux stone wall. Um, and so it kind of has like this English cottage farmhousey vibe to it. But a year and a half, it took us a year and a half <laughs> to do that one thing. Yeah, but there's a lot that happens in a year and a half other than refinishing a room, right? <laughs> I mean, there's a lot, a lot of life going on. Yeah. You know, yeah. Do you like your stone wall? I do. I do. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. Um, I've seen it. And it is very cool. Was it difficult? Um. Well, you'd have to ask my husband more on that because he had the hard part because absolutely nothing in our house is level. There is not a square anything in our house. And that's just part of, you know, being an 1800s house. So there was a lot of math involved. And that's that's where I need him because I I can't math. So trying to get all the angles and all the things to line up was the hardest part. And I got to do kind of the fun part, which was doing like the the faux grouting mm-hmm. and kind of doing like a German schmear look to it. So my part was fun. His part was hard. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess that's the way it's supposed to be, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I will have a full reveal on that coming soon. I want to make a few other changes in that room. Um, our good friends at D. Lawless, I have some new cab- cabinet hardware coming from them, I think, tomorrow. So I want to change out the hardware and maybe get some new lights in there. And then I will do do the full reveal of the wall and the and the kitchen. Well, with much anticipation, we can't mm-hmm. wait to see it. So, <laughs> so, so you're finishing this up. So let's talk in terms of the plans for your home and other rooms. Like, what yeah. do you got going on? What What's your thoughts? So, <laughs> you know, I was kind of just mentioning... <sighs> COVID gave me time to kind of look at how our house functions. And part of the decision to close down the studio is um, I want to reclaim that space for my family. And what we're going to do, and Lord knows how long this is going to take, but once everything is cleared out in there, um, I want to turn that into kind of like a rec rec space Mm -hmm. for the kids. 
Um, you know, maybe put a game table out there. My eight-year-old is like super into Legos. Like, <laughs> you need oh place. my gosh, Legos <laughs> everywhere. Right. So he's got all these like completed pieces yeah. that we don't know where to put them. So I have all this shelving out there that he can display his pieces. And so we're actually going to kind of change the whole layout of our downstairs. Um, right now, the kids' playroom is actually in our sunroom and I want that room back. Yeah. I've kind of noticed that the the way I have our house laid out right now, everything is kind of facing or focused inward. And I want I want to kind of bring those outdoors in. I want I want to see outside yeah. more. And that sunroom is just, you know, it's my my hydrangeas are right outside it. And there's this beautiful tree right outside it. And they don't really play in that room. It's just like toy storage, yeah. to be honest, you know. And I'm like, if we can figure out a way to get the toys somewhere else, like I want to make that room our dining room so we can enjoy that space more. And I think that's really important in design is really like slowing down and and looking at the spaces that you have and, you know, thinking about how your family actually uses those spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it is you have to get a little bit unconventional. And even if it's not like, you know, that what that room was designed for, it, it doesn't matter if it's what your family needs. You almost have to kind of step outside of yourself, don't you? Because yeah. when you're living there yeah. day in and day out, you almost gloss yeah. over things and you don't realize this could be a really cool room or we could change this right. to that. And boy, that I tell you, that's such a important thing that when you, you've talked several, well, you mentioned several times functionality and yeah. obviously that change with families as families grow. I know my wife and I, when we got married and, and we remodeled an old home and it was funny because the home was small. So we had to add on to it. But one of the features mm-hmm. that it had was it had small rooms and and we, and you could put doors on the rooms and we thought, oh, this is going to be kind of cool. It's very compartmentalized. And then when we had started having <laughs> children, yeah. I was like, you know, I'm in the kitchen and I can't see what the kids are doing. I have, you know, it's so tight and closed in. Right. And so we did that. We took down the wall between the dining room and the kitchen and it made a huge difference. And it's so nice. But we, that's what we did is we really started thinking more about functionality, you know, as our family changed. But um, these are some really good tips that you're offering. Hey, my name is Jess with Refresh by Jess, and this podcast is sponsored by my friends at Zebra. I really enjoy using Zebra paintbrushes on a daily basis. They are high quality, and they give my pieces a professional finish, as I never have to worry about streaking or shedding. They clean up easy and can be used over and over again. Painting with the proper tools always makes my job easier, and that's why I use Zebra paintbrushes. Thank you so much, Jess, for sharing about your experience with zebra paintbrushes. When you start thinking through, like, I think this room should be that, and, you know, and, mm-hmm. and then you start breaking it down into what you want to do with it, what is your planning and designing process like? Is it unconventional? Is it very methodical? Like, what's that like? Well, let me let me start by saying what I have done wrong in the past. 
and then kind of how it's led me to where I am now. Um, so, you know, I mentioned that we moved into this house or we closed in this house three days after we had our, our first child. And so when I, when we first moved in, I was very rushed. Like it was just like, get it done, mm-hmm. paint all the walls. All- <laughs> people, people who follow me now would never believe this, but my, when we first moved in, my house was full of co- color. Like there were <laughs> yellow rooms, blue rooms. Like I, for a moment there, I thought I was a colorful person. Um, and God bless my mother-in-law and my dad, because I was like, just postpartum and they did like most of the painting which i have now (laughs) undid all of their hard work but i really rushed into things and i just wanted it done and then then came the age of instagram and you know so i think i've been on instagram for close to eight years now and i really started to fall victim to decor whiplash I have not, I don't think, been exposed to so many different design styles and so, so much that all of a sudden I really lost. I mean, I think the core of who I was was still there, but I I started to lose it because I started to go, that's cool. That's cool. Oh, I like that. And I was changing everything in my house, like every week, right? Like moving things around or restaging this. And then I started to accumulate too much stuff because, you know, and it just, it just got to be too much. And so bringing it back to COVID, I, you know, I think the world felt really heavy. It still feels heavy in a lot of ways, but everything slowed down, including me being so frenzied. Mm -hmm. And when I did that, then I could really take this like two year breather kind of to appreciate my home the way it is, but also focus on in on those things that I think could be better. And so instead of just doing things and then seeing if I like them, I've had time to really like think and process. Mm -hmm. So I'm a big fan of like doing mood boards and using things that I already have and seeing how they would work with, you know, different patterns or different finishes. And, and that really helps me. And I think that's similar to furniture and decor design design is beginning with the end in mind. Um, and that's not how I'd been doing things for quite a while. It was just doing them, you know, without yeah. thinking about like, let's see how this works. <laughs> and then you're constantly stuck in this sort of like hamster wheel. And that wasn't fun. So yeah, slowing down. Yeah. I think slowing down is just a really, uh, I don't know. I think we've forgotten kind of how to do that. Well, that's so funny what you said. Uh, decor whiplash is uh, that is so true yeah. because it is, and it's almost gotten more. It's almost gotten more intense too because there's so many. Well, I mean, you used to just look at pictures on Instagram. Now you look yeah. at reels, and reels. It, it's happening fast, and you're seeing all of that yeah. stuff, and it's it's rather overwhelming um, yeah. uh, at least it can be um, you can Absolutely. certainly bookmark stuff to say yeah I do like that and then maybe go back through it and then you know unbookmark mm-hmm. or whatever you say when you decide yeah that's really not for me 
But uh, that's interesting. You mentioned mood boards because um, I wonder, and I don't know this to be true, but I wonder how many people are a bit intimidated by creating mood boards. Do you find it complicated to do the mood boards? I don't do anything fancy. You know, so I think it's just sort of piecing together things you like. And honestly, I do, I use different apps. Like I use the, it used to be called the over app. And now I think it's called like GoDaddy studio or something. And I literally screenshot things and then put them in this app and just kind of see how they look together. Mm. So I don't do anything fancy, but honestly, you know, kind of tying in with that, but also the whole Instagram thing is that I have really found peace, I guess, with going old school. And I go back to Pinterest because I have been on Pinterest now for almost, I, I want to say like 13 years. Mm-hmm. And so I may have had like 16,000 pins. I don't even know. <laughs> but what really helps me is when I do start to feel this like decor whiplash is I go back through my Pinterest and I have like a 13 year log basically of who I am. And what I actually like, do you know what I'm saying? Like I can go back 13 years and what I'm seeing is neutrals. I'm seeing a lot of, um, natural elements like stone, like wood. I know that I've always liked grain sacks and ticking stripe. And so it just helps, I think, to keep me grounded. And then you will actually see, like, when you look through my Pinterest, you can see when those little like periods of whiplash happen. Like, you know, <laughs> you I'll, I'll, I'll see like, yeah, we're like, what was going on there? Like, yeah, okay, you do like mid-century, but when did you ever think that you were to have a mid-century home? Like, what what is going on here? <laughs> so, yeah, I think, it, and there's something very calming about it because it's not a lot of the, I mean, there are reels on Pinterest now too, I think, but just uh, going back through old decor books, you know, just like I said, helps to kind of keep me reminded of, of what my style and who I am. Yeah, no, that's good. And that is a huge benefit of Pinterest. Now, do you look at magazines like tangible magazines? Do you flip through those? Yeah, I haven't as much lately, but yeah, for a while, I mean, back before Pinterest, I had, I had lots of like notebooks filled with things that I would rip mm-hmm. out of magazines. And that was uh, probably my original mood boards, you know, and even going back then, I probably still have some of those. And it was a lot of the same things that I still like now. So at least I've, I've stayed mostly consistent. Yeah. Yeah. I know there's, there's still around magazines are still a thing, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The digital world has sort of, uh, uh over, you know, shadowed those, uh, yeah. paper things that we used to flip through often all the time. You know, when you talk about home refinishing design and you kind of touched on this earlier, but, uh, at least as far as the process, you know, would you say that furniture finishing and home refinishing um, can be compared as far as the process of design? Because every time somebody refinishes a piece of furniture, they're really designing a piece of furniture. Yeah. So, what like do you see similarities in the two? Yeah, absolutely. You know, like I said, you kind of begin with the end in mind, mm-hmm. but also I think with with both furniture design and home design, um, you have to kind of think of this story you want to tell. Um, and that's something with my home that I've had 
to slow down and kind of listen to it. Like, what is the story that my home is is telling? And same with a, a piece of furniture. You know, you kind of have to envision, like, where do you see this piece going? Who Who is the customer who is going to buy this? Mm-hmm. And... And so that will kind of dictate, you know, the color choices and, you know, the hardware that you use. And so, yeah, I think they both, they both kind of require that, that storytelling. Mm -hmm. Also, (laughs) (laughs) I think that something is also very important in both is that you should start both of them with a good cleaning. <laughs> you know, like with, with your furniture, you want to make sure that you like prepped it appropriately and you cleaned it appropriately to make sure that the job you do um, will hold up. But honestly, I think the times that I am like most frustrated with my house and that I want to change everything are the times it's like the messiest. Mm. Because it's it's not really that I want to change everything in my house. It's just that it's messy and it's frustrating me. And so um, I have learned because I'm just I'm a messy person by nature. Uh, I wish I wasn't. And my and my you don't oh, show my us your messy side, do you? No, of course not. <laughs> I oh my god, if I could show you the room I'm in right now. It's, <laughs> um, but I, now I have three messy kids too. But when I like really organize and clean and you know do all the things i'm much happier with the space i'm in all of a sudden it doesn't look so bad wow that's profound that is kind of profound like like the importance of cleaning your a room or cleaning your house really cleaning it well and really organizing it uh because then maybe you'll change your mind and not refinish it right you don't need yeah. to refinish it or maybe you'll refinish it in a different direction than you thought of when it was a mess right. <laughs> and yeah and i mean i've definitely done that with furniture too where once you get it kind of shined up you're like i'm not painting this thing yeah, you know yeah, what right. i mean like uh, like all it needed is a little little spiffing up yeah. so or, or the same principle yeah. is true isn't it for getting the piece of furniture cleaning it then sanding it back and going i it's done i'll put a top coat right. on it and it's done and so maybe that's true with the house of clutter you know you rem- clean it up pull things out and you're like exactly. oh, hey it looks pretty good i think i can hang yeah. out here now <laughs> I've, I've been very much team less is more lately and that's that's been part of this kind of two-year process we've started to go room by room and just getting rid of the stuff. And, and and I've said that I'm like, there's so much I want to do aesthetically, but until we get rid of all the extra stuff, there's, there's no point, you know, yeah. it's like, it'll still be there. It still mentally feels heavy. And, and I've realized how much, you know, I've, I've been open about like my anxiety and all of that. I, ha- I have major anxiety and I've realized how much my, my home and my stuff can either contribute to that mm-hmm. or help with that. And the more I get rid of, the better I feel because then the less I have to take care of and the less things that I have, I feel like I have to control. Yeah. And I think there's something to be said, both in furniture refinishing and just home design is having control over that process you know, where there's so much in the world right now that we don't have control over. And like with furniture, it's kind of, it's therapy. Like, you know, you, you see it through from the beginning to the end and you are able to control that whole process. Right. And then the same 
the same with, you know, your home. I can't control the world my kids are growing up in. I can't control the, the neighborhood and the, all that kind of stuff. But I can, you know, I can make sure that they are living in a place where they feel safe, that they feel comfortable, that feels, you know, like mm-hmm. home. Well, and I would imagine the decluttering and the cleaning up probably help you to think better too. I know. Absolutely. Like in my office, I, I, if I have a lot going on and I'm really busy and I feel stressed, all I got to do is look around. I'm like, you know what? It would probably help if I would organize my desk and organize the things around me. Sure. I'll stop and do that. And when I do it, it just feels really good. And it's like, okay, yeah. now I can think, you know. Well, it's just one less distraction. Right. It's, yeah. Well, so do you ever um, take a piece of furniture to design around that? Does the furniture piece become your mood board? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, to a fault, <laughs> really? yeah. Yeah, because, <laughs> yeah, I have a habit of collecting, like, big furniture. <laughs> um, yeah, I have a lot of like cabinets and, you know, just my big, like I have a big, um, old, like tool cabinet, uh-huh. way too big for the room it's in, but you know what made it work. <laughs> so I would not recommend doing that, but yes, um, I often will find the piece and then everything else kind of shifts around that. Actually, my latest sort of like iteration of what I want our house to kind of, I don't know, evoke. I (laughs) was driving my kids to school and I saw something on the side of the road and I couldn't really tell what it was, but I could see like the Jenny Lind kind of spindle Mm -hmm. things. And it looked to be like a really cool wood Anyway, it was raining. It was <laughs> storming. And I was like, I'm getting that. I don't know what that is, but I'm getting it. Um, so I got it home a week later. So a couple of weeks later, ended up doing the oven cleaner trick on it, which I know is highly controversial. Some people are very supportive of it. This was my first time trying it, but like, I know a lot of people are like anti oven cleaners. So I don't want to make anybody mad, but, um, cause it had this like orangey kind of finish on it. Mm-hmm. And got it down to like the most beautiful raw wood, put it together. And apparently it's an antique, like they call it a hired man's bed. And it's just this very long, but very, very skinny and low to the ground bed. But I'm like, that needs to be a bench. Like it, it has like the coolest, um, like I said, coolest wood tone, the coolest shape to it. And I got this idea and I don't know where, I have no idea where this came from. I'm like, it would look really good with like an antique coverlet. And then I got this idea in my head about this coverlet and how I wanted to add more texture to my house. And pretty soon I've got a whole new mood board. (laughs) Still very like me, you know, like it's not, not diverging from that, but I don't have a place for this bench. But guess what? We're gonna we're gonna, gonna figure make it work. out <laughs> even if you have where to build this a bench room. is gonna go. <laughs> yep, yep. So yes, the furniture dictates. <laughs> is that why you said that you wouldn't recommend uh, designing a room around furniture because it can sort of be forced? Yeah, I mean, no, I, I wouldn't say that. Like it's a bad idea all the time because if you truly love a piece of furniture, that, that piece of furniture absolutely can set the tone for the rest of the room. And sometimes that's all it takes is you need that one like centering thing. 
My problem is I have too many centering. <laughs> I have I have a hard time turning on the off button or switching the off button on, whatever. But yeah, but sometimes, you know, if you feel like you're forcing it to make a piece work, then maybe it's just time to say goodbye or, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah, you just have to kind of know what you're trying to achieve and your goals and all that kind of stuff and then try mm-hmm. to stay within those. What's re- what's what's doable and what's not doable, even financially. Right. Yeah. So jumping back, I, I, I wanted to ask this earlier because I'm curious. So are you the type of person that finds it hard to get rid of things? Or because you were <laughs> talking about cleaning out your rooms, right? And so. Yeah. You start cleaning out and you see something and you're like, really, this doesn't need to be in here. Do I move it to another room? Do I put it in storage or do I throw mm-hmm. it away? Like, is that mm-hmm. hard for you? Um, Yeah. Yeah. I will say, though, I've gotten to the point where I've gotten a lot better about it. But <laughs> it's been a whole lifetime of not being good at it, which got me to the place I am now where there's just, there's just so much. Um, I am blessed with a husband who is not attached to anything. So he actually makes it, he makes it a lot easier. And I mean, he's very much on board with getting rid of stuff. And so what we have found works is that we, we have to kind of work as a team, Mm -hmm. but I, I kind of just make piles and then he deals with it because if it was just me, what happens is that like, you know, I'll rethink things or I'll bag things up, but they never quite make it to the mm-hmm. donation plate. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he is like the guy where if I start like just throwing stuff in the hallway, it'll be gone in like 10 minutes and I don't have to think about it again. So that has, that has helped kind of, push me out of my comfort zone a little bit. Yeah, that's how, I mean, that's really good when there's a nice balance like that. Um, yeah. Because I'm the type of person where I can put meaning on everything. Yeah. Um, and so things sometimes are harder for me to get rid of, or I, I can I can shift things, you know, like I can, well, we're not going to need it right now, but I'll move it into the knee wall or I'll yeah. put it into a closet. And my wife's like, you know, we're not going to use this. And you haven't thought about it for the last three years, so... Why would we (laughs) keep it? You know, she's, and she's very good at just going through a room and taking things out and getting rid of them. It doesn't always mean throwing them away, just giving them away or taking them to, you know, donation or something like that. But it is interesting and it is so cool because I thought about that. Like, boy, I'm glad she's not like me because we would probably be on one of those hoarding channels. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Can't get through a room. So I have a really good question for you. Okay. Okay. So. You've got this new uh, focus uh, mm-hmm. on a home refinishing process here coming up, and mm-hmm. you've got a plan in place. How how do you plan on keeping it? How do you plan on keeping the process fun, all the while raising three young boys and still doing everything else you have going on? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> never guaranteed that it was going to be fun. No, I'm just kidding. Um, well, okay, so. To bring my husband into it again, I really kind of had to sit down with him um, like a week ago because, as I've mentioned, he is he's very content and he I'm I'm the ideas person, right? Like I have all the plans, I have the vision, and he's like, I'm happy with it the way it is. Um, like I would I would honestly love to move. Like I would love 
you know, to get out in the country. And he's like, I think we're good here. So this is kind of the compromise, right? Mm -hmm. Like, okay, fine. We're going to stay here, but I'm going to make it how I want it. But so I had to sit him down and say, look, this is what I, I kind of need for my sanity. I, you know, I really want to keep moving ahead. I really want to keep decluttering. And here are the things that I think would work best for our family. So like I said, you know, kind of turning that studio space into a rec room and that kind of thing. Now, because he is so content, things like the wall (laughs) take forever because it's just not on his priority list. It's just, it doesn't bother him, but I'm here all the time, you know? Um, So the things bother me more. And so I had to say, we, we need to either pick one weekend a month where our focus will be on chipping away at these projects or, you know, one day, he's usually home Fridays through Sundays, like one day out of that three-day weekend where we focus mostly on things so that things keep happening a little at a time. I think where it becomes not fun for me is when I have to wait (laughs) a long time because then I'm just not that patient. So I feel like being able to chip away at things a little at a time keeps it fun for me. Like feeling like those wheels are going, even if they're not going super fast, just being able to, yeah. See progress. that things are, yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I would imagine a big part of that is not putting unrealistic timelines or deadlines on your projects coming up, right? Yeah. And, and part of that is also um, keeping it fun is, is that I do want the kids to be involved. Um, so, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm taking away their playroom, but that was, that was something that I asked them. I said, you know, how often <laughs> do you really play in that room? And all three of them are like, never, <laughs> you know, I'm like, so then I said, like, what would you think about, you know, I kind of laid out this whole plan for them and they were, they were on board. They are excited about it. And so I think that'll make it easier too, is hopefully they'll start getting rid of more toys. They'll start kind of, you know, being able to make some choices on how we do things. So I think just making sure it's not just a me thing and that it is like a family thing will be yeah. helpful. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds that sounds very uh, common sense and wise the way you're talking about this. I think that's going to be. I have my moments, Lane. I have my moments. <laughs> everybody does, right? <laughs> yeah. So, are you going to let us follow along? Meaning, you'll have to make sure you put up those stories, right? Yeah, I will do my best. That it, it's been hard. You know, I finally feel like I you know, want to share again, like for a while, just nothing was happening, you know? And so I had to like force myself to show up and I'm, I'm hoping now that there will be more. Yeah. I don't know if you ever see that reel that's like all over now where it's like, everything is content, everything is content. (laughs) So I have to like keep reminding myself like, okay, even the little boring stuff, you know, yeah, people may need to see because that is like the, that's the reality of it. Most of what I'm going to be doing is little, you know, and I think we're just used to like, oh my gosh, snap a finger and, you know, this yeah. used to be this and now it's this because we're 
seeing these 20 second reels, whereas like, yeah. nope, it takes a year and a half to make a wall. <laughs> yeah. If, if it only were that easy, just snapping yeah. finger or throwing paint swatches at the wall and seeing every change, yeah, right. <laughs> change colors, right? But, yeah. Well, you know, by the way, I know this company that makes some incredibly cool paintbrushes and I might be able really? to get you some. Yeah. I might be able to get mm. you some if you need more than your current stash. So mm. hey. <laughs> I want you to know. Yeah, please do. You know who to contact, right? <laughs> I have to, yeah, I've been using that Palm Pro a bunch lately. I've been doing, I've been painting some doors. I've been doing some trim. So that, that guy has been, yeah. Yeah. Is he, I, I take it he's been your friend here lately then. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I tell you what, the Palm Pro is uh, why it's really incredibly popular. People love that brush, and mm -hmm. uh, it's neat to to see um, the fruit of our labor as we work on things on the front end of projects and saying, "Hey, what if we did this? Or what if we yeah. changed the handle?" You know, it's fun to see it uh, start to start to happen, and then see people loving it. So that's cool. Well, Lauren, it's been a lot of fun following along with your furniture finishing and all of your transitions. It's been a real privilege to work together on these monthly and yearly contests, which, by the way, we hope you will continue to judge these very important <laughs> events. And we are excited about your future and eager to derive inspiration from your home refinishing projects. We'll check back in with you down the road to see how it's going. How's that? Sounds good. Thanks so much for sticking with me <laughs> through all the turmoil. All right. Well, thanks again, Lauren. All right. Thank you so much. Today's refinishing tip comes from Jess with Oak and Grain Refinishing. Hey guys, this is Jess with Oak and Grain Refinishing. My tip for you this week is so, so simple. I almost feel silly that I didn't think of it earlier. It will save you so much time opening and closing drawers after you've removed the hardware. You too have probably used all sorts of different sharp objects to stick inside the hardware holes to really try to crank the drawers open, but I promise that barbaric approach is no longer necessary. This tip just involves tape. I run the tape up the middle inside of the drawer over the top and then I fold it over on itself on the end to give me a little pull tab. That way I can open and close drawers really easily without the hardware. It saves me so much time during painting and prepping phase of my projects. I hope it saves you time too. Have a great week. Thank you, Jess. We all love tips that make our life a little simpler. It's time to hear what your refinishing friends are up to. Here are a few reporting on what they're working on in their studios this week. Hey y'all, this is Amanda Weems with Easy on the Eyes Custom Furniture. We are located in the deep south in Mississippi, trying to survive this heat. That's one major thing we've got going on this week. Um, also working on a pair of vintage Drexel chests that the keyword has been repair, repair, repair. Needed both needed lots of um, veneer repair and structural work, but fortunately on um, the better side of that getting ready to spray it with chippy barn modern lace in the enamel line also working on a mini restoration for an antique jacobean sideboard using chippy barn um, wood nectar hemp oil revitalizer to revive the original finish and another project is custom building a very large tabletop to pair with a salvage table base that we'll be refinishing and um so lots of fun projects that kind of all over the place across the board different things going on and we'll be sharing lots of um fun stuff in the next week so y'all stay tuned
Hello everyone, this is Misha from Misha Malcolm over on Instagram. What's happening in my studio this week is I'm working on a beautiful antique tall boy dresser. This was a side of the road find and it does have some damage on the side that would need to be repaired. So I will go ahead and fix that. For the design, I am planning on sanding down the legs and keeping them a natural wood. And then I'm going to paint it in Lily Moon's Moonlight, which is a light cream color with some peachy pink undertones. And then I'll add some personality by using peel and stick wallpaper in the drawers. So come on over to at Misha Malcolm on Instagram to see how it turns out. Thank you, friends. Listeners, make sure you go check out their social media feeds. It is time to go clean and classic with your pieces this month. That's right. The Zebra Review theme for July is clean and classic. These beautiful pieces will be simple, one color with no distressing. You can incorporate exposed wood on the legs only. Tag your clean and classic pieces that were refinished from July 1st through July 31st, 2022 with the hashtag the zebra review our five judges will be choosing three winners our judges are jenna perfectly imperfect furniture katie cloud of katie cloud katie scott of salvage by k scott lauren schwatina of portland rose studio and sarah of sitting pretty home decor our sponsors this month include melange paints d lawless hardware surf prep sanding and zebra paintbrushes We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Zebras Before and After Furniture Refinishing Podcast. Today's episode, along with information about today's guest, is also featured on enjoyzebra.com under the podcast tab at the bottom. Your comments and suggestions for future episodes are always welcome, and we encourage you to share them by sending your emails to me at laneball at enjoyzebra.com. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and happy refinishing. Happy refinishing.